Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Couple of Dusty Muffins. I'm Penny Legate. I'm Julie Blacklow. Yeah, and the name of this particular episode is A Lot to Carry. And we are carrying so much. We are um, in a bit of a serious mood today. And I'd like to start our program with a poem. And it's called America is a Gun. Here it goes. England is a cup of tea. France, a wheel of ripened brie. Greece, a short, squat olive tree. America is a gun. Brazil is football on the sand. Argentina, Maradona's hand. Germany, an oompa band. America is a gun. Holland is a wooden shoe. Hungary, a goulash stew. Australia, a kangaroo. America is a gun. Japan is a thermal spring. Scotland is a highland fling. Oh, better to be anything than America as a gun. That was written by an English poet whose name is Brian Bilston. Hello, Hello dear Penny. Dear. And uh, I've seen that poem several times in the last weeks. It's made the rounds on Facebook and other places. And it's frighteningly true. It feels that way sometimes, especially these days, with a country frozen in fear and worry and the deaths of too many people by firearms. I have to ask the question, what does an 18-year-old need with an assault weapon? How is it that we are so frozen, not just in fear, but an inability, a seemingly and real inability to change these laws. And it's, it's affecting all of us. You know, when, when these deaths happen to these children, you project that could be mine. And it's happening in America more than any other country in the world. I didn't know where to start. Of course, we're astonishingly sad. Yeah. I am grieving with those parents who lost a child, having lost a child myself, not yeah. in such a violent way. But the loss of a child is something you carry with you, of course, for the rest of your life. And the ripple effect, all the other people, the first responders. I have a, a nephew who's a first responder who has to go into scenes like in El Paso. He responded to that scene. He's not been the same since as a firefighter paramedic. The other children who are in the school Traumatized. And, 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 the, and the kids who are wounded and survive. And the, uh, I mean, and that's just one example of how this has happened over and over and over and over right. again. And I feel I could feel um, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, God bless him. Frustration and fear. I want to storm the podium. I want to run up there and say, what the hell are you doing? Stop, yeah. stop. I think we're stop. all screaming, stop the madness. And like I you know. said, why is an 18-year-old have an AK-47? Why don't we have universal background checks? I why mean, don't we limit ammunition purchases? Why, when an 18-year-old walks into a gun shop, he just turned 18, purchases an assault weapon and 1,300 rounds of ammunition, didn't raise a red flag? I mean, what do you need? Yeah. I mean, how much red do you need and how big does the flag have to be? I have to say, this latest incident in Texas, this one affected me in a deeper, more profound way that made me do something I haven't done in maybe 40 years. Yeah, so what happened? My son was supposed to go to Texas to do a DJ gig. It's a side thing he does. He does it for fun. He's great at it. And he was supposed to take a plane and head to Houston. And honestly, the main reason I didn't want him to go was because he's a gay man uh, going to DJ 
at a huge gay event. At the same time, the NRA convention was going on and the event that he was going to perform at was just a few blocks from the NRA convention. Mm -hmm. So I said, you can't go. He's 45 years old. And he said, you're kidding. I said, no, I'm not kidding. I'm still your mother and you can't go. And he was stunned. You didn't say, I don't think you should go. No, you no, said I didn't, I didn't even couch it. I was so deeply disturbed at a maternal level as I was projecting what these mothers and fathers and relatives are going through, seeing their child's bodies completely ripped open. And I said, you can't go. And he sat with it for a couple hours and he wrote me back. He didn't call, but we mostly text anyway during the day. And he said, all right, I canceled my flight. Wow. Wow. He's 45 years old. I said, thank you. And he said, I did it for you. Now, you know, honestly, I am watching now or reading about, I can't bear to watch it, the burials of these little children and the small caskets that they're in. And part of me thought, leave the caskets open. Let the world see what these shattered bodies look like. The, the medical examiners didn't even want the parents to see what was left of their children. And there's just so much in the world. The crises, what's this quote I read? Humans don't grow without crises and challenges. We are growing. God, I hope we are growing. Well, that's, I think, the frustration is we hope we grow through crises. Yeah. But we aren't. I mean, at least our leaders are not listening. And when you have corruption and greed and money, it's money. And power it's, at play, right. we are as corrupt as any banana republic. And these are the reasons people are making decisions about our country. That's right. They feel sorry for America. Yeah. I honestly don't know how some of these people, primarily Republicans, mm -hmm. can look themselves in the mirror at night and say, I'm behind the NRA and everything they want because they donate to my campaign. Right. It, as you say, it's about greed and money. And they don't look in the mirror. They're looking at their bank accounts. So as long as money has the grip of these people and it has completely embalmed their conscience, if they had one, they're frozen. However, I do see some movement here in some of the politicians, including Mitch McConnell and some of the leaders in the Republican caucuses who are recognizing that background checks and ammunition supplies, they're, they're exploring that it. And, least... and the assault rifle, too. Why does anybody need an assault rifle? Why does well, anyone no one outside does. of law enforcement need an assault rifle? Well, law enforcement doesn't really need an assault weapon. Maybe the SWAT teams do. I don't know. It's a military-style weapon. It was made for fighting in wars. Why which are those is a whole even other... legal? Who needs one of those? Well, that's the issue. President Biden said, I saw some reference that he wants to ban assault weapons. You know, assault weapons were illegal in the United yes. States up until uh, who who terminated for so the Bush administration. I'm not sure, but they were illegal under Clinton and now they became legal. I don't know the exact date when that happened, but that needs to be nullified. There are, as of yesterday, an estimated 400 million guns in the hands of Americans. So more guns than actual people. As I read about 
100 million assault weapons of the 400 million guns. So there's no excuse for it. The tolerance level of Americans has reached a turning point oh, rather so. than our breaking point, whatever you want I to call so. it. But for some reason, it didn't happen with Sandy Hook. I don't I know why. It didn't happen with Sandy Hook. If that didn't do it, what, what would? Well, there have been 14 mass killings since uh, Texas. Yes. yes. In the last in the last week. But I have a feeling I can't quantify it. I just have a feeling that enough has finally become I enough. I, I want to believe that, yes, maybe we are at a turning point. I so hope you're right. I think that everybody is so numb and so yeah. grief stricken by not just the mass shootings in our country, which are so incredibly difficult to digest. But of course, these mass shootings are incredibly hard to to digest. And then we have the war in Ukraine, which has been so incredibly tragic. And the images of trying to get sick children out of Kiev, uh, you yeah, know, the homes and the old people and the, ugh, and it's so unjustified and so cruel. And then we have the pandemic that we've been dealing with and are continuing to deal with. A million people lost in America and people continuing to die and people continuing to flagrantly not wear masks around other people who might need you to wear a mask because this COVID is still here, folks. I think we're all exhausted. You we know, are exhausted. The, the title of this podcast is called A Lot to Carry. We can't let it break us. That's the trick. We have to not let it be the straw that broke us. So yes, everyone is overwhelmed. And I'm speaking from a person who has shelter, who has food, um, yeah, who has love in my life. What about all the other people that are living on the edge and are yeah. other homeless people who are so traumatized? I, I just get seems, so hopeless sometimes, Julie. No, well, I understand that, but... We have to stop waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel and create the light ourselves. I mean, that's how I try to get up every morning. That's why I paint. That's why I try to uh, let people in traffic and not expect a wave back from them necessarily <laughs> because they're too exhausted too. So we have to recognize what connects us now. And even if it's sorrow and even if it's a depression and even if it's hopelessness, we have to keep Oh, we going. have to vote the people out who don't care. We don't live in a state here in the Seattle area, in Washington state, where our vote is going to make a difference. We live in a very blue state, at least on the Western part, all along the West Coast. We can't vote in Alabama. We can't vote in Kentucky. But what we can do is contribute to the people running in the states where we don't vote, yes. but we can, which I've done. We can, do, we, which I've done. We can donate mm -hmm. $25 or $5 or a dollar, whatever it is. Right. That's an action right. point. And, and the donation part too is you can donate, let's say Ukraine for to the International Refugee Committee or Doctors Without Borders or uh, your favorite, World Kitchen. World, World, World Central, Central Kitchen. Kitchen. Every time I go to the grocery store, I feel some sense of guilt that I'm able to go to a grocery store and look at the bounty in front of me. And I come home and I donate the exact amount I spent at the grocery store to World Central Kitchen. Mm -hmm. That way it connects me to the world. Mm -hmm. It connects me to the bigger picture right. while I'm living my own, you know, small life. So small steps, I believe, add up to, can add up to big change. As yes. people are listening, I'd like to challenge each person to ask themselves, what am I, what am I doing? 
what am I doing? Am I giving $5 to a campaign for somebody? I believe in their values and what they're going to stand for. Do, can I give $10 to world central kitchen or, or can I, can I show up at a protest? Can I make sure I vote and, and donate your time during campaigns, you know, be a volunteer, right? Work the phones. I did that. I email my senators and Congress people at least three times wow, a week. Good. And, and I call them. All you have to do is Google the name of your representatives or your particular state, ask, you know, who are the representatives, who are the senators, and their emails right. are there. And it, it takes away some of that helplessness because I think that's right. what we're feeling right now. I feel so helpless that anything I do is never going to make a difference. If you don't try, then I'm part of the problem, right? If I'm not Absolutely. writing, I'm not calling, I'm not donating, I'm not showing up. Do one thing every day, a little thing, $5, call, send an email to your senator or congressperson, just a little something. I, right, I just want to crawl into bed and wait until something gets better, but it's not going to get better unless we get involved in it. I know there is a, a very moral majority who want gun control legislation and who want women's right to choose legislation. I have, I have a, I saw an al- an allegory yesterday, saw some reference to Pandora's box. And so I researched that. Where did that myth come from? And of course, most of us understand that there's some creature, Pandora, who opened up a, a box and let out all the evils in the world. And it certainly feels that way today, as if all of those dark things and evils are loosed out in the world. But I read further about it, and there was one thing left in the box. And I never knew what that was. I didn't even know that there was darkness. One thing. One thing left at the bottom of the box. And it was hope. And it was waiting to get out. Yes. Into the world. There's always hope, I guess. There's always hope. Yes, there has to be. There has to be. All right, everybody. So as you're listening, I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're thinking, now, what can I do? And it will make you feel better if you sit down and email a congressman or senator. It will make you feel better. At least I'm speaking from my own perspective, of course, to send $10 to uh, Ukrainian refugee outreaches, whatever, um, whatever your, whatever touches your heart, the humane society, um, volunteer for the elderly. I don't know. There's so many things that we can do that bring positive love back to the hope that, that, uh, battles the evil and reconnects us to each other. Yes. We're a mighty force if we use it. Yes, we are. And it's time. I just want to close with this thought that the best way to help yourself is to lift up someone else. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Julie. We're a couple of dusty muffins. Thanks for listening. Now, you know, we have no clue how to edit this show, so we just talk and Clem Daniels puts it all together. Thanks, Clem. 